Hello everyone, welcome back to our home. I'm Brad. I'm Michal. And welcome to episode number four of the great miracle of being married and still talking. Hmm. So, uh, four episodes, that's a month. Month of, month of talking. Still friends. Doing well. <laughs> Just. Um, today, the, the big topic which is um, on my mind, or has been for the last week, or sorry, for the last eight years, has been what does it mean to be a good parent? And I think that that's, um, I, think, I think about good it a question. lot. And I feel like a lot of people, there's a lot of people, it's on people's minds and there's a lot of pressure and people are always looking and judging other people very closely. Um, and people want to get it right. Yeah. Well, we you want to get the whole parenting gig right. You've got one go with your kids and you want to do it as good as you can and give them the best chance to, I don't know, be their best selves. So how do you be your best parent? <laughs> I remember when we had our first baby, Hannah, and we brought her home. I remember that feeling of the first time holding a child that's yours and thinking, oh my gosh. I've got to be everything for this child. Like right now, her, her world is just you and I, and I have to be everything for her. Like all the love, all the education, like every milestone has to be taught. You almost feel like, oh my gosh, this child is mine and I'm all she's got. Well, I'm Which sorry. I don't that, know if I agree with anymore, but yeah. I'm sorry that I've, um, I've never had that feeling because all I know is that when we came home with Hannah the first time, what I was thinking was, thank God my wife knows what she's doing. <laughs> Every one of us thought we knew what we were doing. (laughs) So what do you think is, um, what comes to you when you think of being a good parent? Yeah. Um, What comes to me, first thing in my mind, is a piece of advice we got when we wanted to have child number three. Um, I wanted to have child number three, and you were like, one second, Michal, slow down. <laughs> I wanted to have child number three, but maybe we should have waited. And you were like, okay. question. No, I remember, yeah, so your, your take was, how do we give our children everything that they need whilst expanding the family a little bit? Because, you know, the first child, you can, you can do it exactly as you want. The second child, you can't. Yeah. You sort of have to put your hands up and surrender at some point and say, oh, this bad. is not going to be the same as the first child. Yeah. This is going to be different. I'm juggling. Yeah. And then the first child, you feel bad because you can't give them everything. Well, because you go from 100% to 50-50. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a change. The first yeah. child's different to second. And then the third was, oh, no, is this going to be an even further division of our time and attention? Because you didn't want to take away from Hannah and Yonatan. And I was like, well, I want to have a little baby. I want to have my... And so we we went and we asked someone what their thoughts were. And I remember him giving the most beautiful advice. And I guess it comes to my mind first, because obviously since then I haven't ever heard anything that struck me so hard. So it was pretty profound. Mm -hmm. I've told this to a few people already. Um... What he said is two things. He said, number one, parenting what your child needs from you is not necessarily, you know, extra math, extra sport, extra activities above and beyond the basics of a good education. Uh, He doesn't need that. He doesn't need your time of every single spare minute of your time focused on him. That's not what the main need of a child is from their parent. He said, what a child needs from their parent is a parent's approach to things. 
said, if a parent loves people, that child will be driven and inspired to love people and that will give them a passion for people for life. If that parent loves learning, then that child will have a love for education, will want to keep growing and to keep learning. If a child, if a parent loves doing good deeds, that child will love doing good deeds. If a parent loves success and making something of their place in this world, then a child will love that. Yeah. And I find that, like he said, and I was like, wow, okay, that's so different to what I hear and what I would naturally think. But if you think about it, you can give, you see it all the time where parents give their children everything, everything. They got one kid, they got two kids, they got three kids, they've got money enough to look after them very, very nicely, great education, all these extra school, extracurricular activities, and the children aren't driven. You see that they have all these capabilities, and they're not driven to study and make something of themselves. They're not passionate about life, people, things around them. I think also that as a parent, you need to remain passionate about parenting. It needs to remain something that you value. Passionate about your kids, you need to remain excited about your children because that's how you gain the skills. That's how you keep growing is actually by valuing your children. Okay. okay. So, can, so I want to ask you a question on what you said before, your first idea. Okay. So are you saying that the most important thing, being a good parent means showing your child the right approach to everything? Is that what it is? And you, don't have like, to, and, and you don't have to give them all the opportunities to actually do stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like it's not just showing your children, it's being that person. Mm -hmm. It's being that person that they can look at and learn from. You are their walking education for life, for their inner workings of life. And then clearly, if you see, you need to give them a good education. I really believe in, in a good education. But beyond that, if they have an, a feel or a need for, if they have a feel for music, give them that. You don't have to, you know, to feed them too much all at once, which is exactly what parents do. We feel like we have to give them everything when really children are beautiful. They need space to find themselves and to find their beauty. They need time and space. Yonatan said to me the other day, he said, Emma, I most love Wednesdays and another day. Oh, he said, I most love Wednesdays and Fridays, uh, sorry, Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays because those are the days that he doesn't have to rush. Because mm. Wednesday we don't have any activities before school. Every other day we have before school activities. And the other two days he gets to stop and mm. play chess and enjoy and do whatever he wants. But isn't, isn't it important to give your children opportunities to excel, right? Let's say if they don't play soccer, then they'll never have the opportunity to go and be maybe they're going to be the world's best soccer players, at least give them that opportunity yeah. or let them play instrument. Maybe they'll really love it and thrive in it. So, yeah, like, two sides to so it. I think being, being that person and having that approach to life, I think it's like so important. Um, and I think we need to talk about that more, but also I, I don't think that it's just about giving, having that approach and not giving your child any of these opportunities. Although as I'm talking, I'm thinking that, um, there's plenty of places in the world where children don't have those opportunities and, and they turn up fantastic. Mm. And it's, it's almost like, it can almost be seen as like a bonus. All those opportunities are like a bonus. If you, know, if you have the ability and the financial capacity and the time and whatever, then go for it. Then you know, let them go do piano and violin and uh, yeah. tennis. And as long as it's not a strain for them, as long as the kids are actually enjoying it and it, and it works with who they are. Yeah, I feel like it's more your nature based on your upbringing to really want to do all those extracurricular activities. Yeah. 
this smiling kind of got personal. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't naturally think to send my kids to violin and stuff like that. I wouldn't, that wouldn't come to me, but it comes to you. I definitely value it. You see that it's really great for the kids. But I feel like that's the popular approach. The popular approach is give them everything, it's never enough. Parenting, you're never doing enough, give them more. Yeah. I think the less popular approach is are you giving them a bit of space to breathe and find themselves? And are you realizing that your job is the, you're the parent? Your soccer yeah. teacher's not gonna teach them confidence. You're gonna teach them confidence. Yeah. Your English teacher's not gonna you know, teach them to express themselves. You're gonna teach them to express themselves. And yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I hear that. Um, I definitely I agree with you a million percent that the basis of being a good parent is not to give your child every opportunity under the sun or even tons of opportunities. I don't think that's the role of a parent. The role of the parent, like you say, is to um, show them how to, how to do life in the best possible way. Now, the way that you show them is going to be, like you said, through your own approach. So, for example, it's not possible to go through life and not fail. Right? Um, so if you can show your child that you fail sometimes because you're human and naturally you fail sometimes, and you can show them how you fail and what type of person you are when you fail, and you can show them how you get up from that, well then that's called uh, teaching them an approach to life, showing, giving, them an, a, um, giving them what they need to face half the situations in life. And then if you show them how to deal with a, a person who's not nice or who's rude, Right, in a way that's positive, then they'll take that. How to not be affected by it, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that you're 100% right that it is the, the approach to life that you give them, but you also, but you can't fake it. And I think this is, you for me, the craziest it. thing. And like the, um, all the studies show that the first few years of a child's life is when they pick up the most important things, like their relationships with other people, their confidence, a lot of it comes at that early stage. But at that early stage, that is like the most difficult stage in parenting. That's when like you're not sleeping. You're not sleeping, the child's hungry, child's not sleeping, you're changing nappies. That's like the heaviest time. You'd want to like teach, you'd want that most important stage if you could choose, let them get to the age of like five, and then, or six, and then be like the best parent then. Because like, you know, you getting sleep, they getting yeah, sleep. Yeah. But it's actually, be myself. the way that the world is, is that it's at your hardest time. So you can't fake it. So when you don't have sleep and the child's not sleeping and you've been woken up six times because the boogie monster's around, yeah. right? Then that is, that is exactly the time that you are going to be teaching your child the most important things in life. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's like the greatest challenge in being a good parent is to really be the best people we can be so that when you're tired, you're still patient. You're not like quick with the kids and say, you know, go do it yourself or forget, you know, just like leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, go sit in front of the TV. I think that... That's the time. Like, that, this is, it's so yeah. funny the way that God makes the world and parenting. When you're at your worst, you have the best opportunity yeah. to help. And, and so you can't fake it. You can't fake it. So you, if you're not a good person, a patient person, you, you can't expect that to come through to your kids. Yeah. And for me, that's really scary because... You start off with your baby, you start off with a blank canvas. Because mm. they really are blank canvas. I think there is some DNA, there is definitely DNA. But for the rest of it, you rub off onto your child. And if you're going to be rubbing off all your negative side, like that's it's like such a wasted opportunity. And so for us, like the greatest challenge we can have is to be the most selfless, kind, positive individuals, yeah. patient. Yeah. And that will and to me, that will make us the best parents. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes, 100%. But what that makes me feel hearing all of that is yeah. pressure, 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 pressure. Right. You've got to be patient, which is true. Yeah. The question is, how do you become that person in a positive way? How do you remain at your best without the feeling of pressure? Yeah. And I have to say that with Khani, with the first when she was born, I remember the stress after a couple of weeks. I cried and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not sleeping. How can I look after her if I'm sleeping two, hour, two hours, wake up to her? How am I going to look after her? How can I be that man? And I cried. I thought, is this forever? Firstly, it wasn't forever. But by the fourth, and it took a little while, I remember when Dvi was born, I looked at him and I said, like I remember, it was the third day, they had these photographers that just came into the hospital to take photos, I remember when. And I said, you know what, I am not going to worry about you. Not for a second am I going to worry about me or am I going to worry about you. I'm just going to enjoy you. Because the nature is we need to worry. We need to worry, oh, are we doing good enough? Do they have what they need? Oh, is he sleeping right? Oh, sleeping on time, that, eh. So many things to worry about. I said, you know what, they might be telling me, all these nurses might be telling me, worry, take these vaccines, which you do. You do it all. You do the right thing. But not from a place of, oh my God, I'm going to ruin my child. Mm. You do it from a place of, I have information, thank you, I'm going to use it. Mm. But you have to enjoy them. And just to take the pressure off as well, and this comes down to beliefs. I don't believe that we are very much, you know, the be all and end all for our kids. They come with so much. They come with their personality. They come with, you know, they are totally programmed to learn to crawl, to learn to draw, to learn their pencil grip, to learn all of it. They're programmed. It will happen. They learn. They're programmed. Just put them in school. They'll learn to read. They'll learn to write. They need a bit of help. There are places that can help them. They're programmed to be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. We don't need to program them. They're programmed to thrive and to grow and be happy. We just need to love them. We need to support them. We need to teach them faith in ourselves faith in them and that happens by realizing there's a great programmer and having a bit of faith and for me a big part of it is I look at my children and people give me compliments to, 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 for our kids I don't like sometimes I think should I be more excited about this but it, I think it comes from a place of it's not me this child came clever this child came capable sort of thing and we just there to keep them good, give them what they, you know, their love and their support, their meals, their bedtimes, and, yeah. and they'll be okay. With that, yes, I totally agree that in the beginning, we do need to be our best. That in the beginning, it is actually important to... Okay, so you have to, you have to be your best, but I actually, I like what you say and take it, because I think it would change a lot of my parenting as well, when I, if I focus on it, is that in a way, you can say your job is to um, enjoy your child enjoy them now by enjoying them you'll be happier you'll be more positive and if you're happier more positive there's more chance of you actually being the best version of yourself rather than having the pressure on you so and how much would a child gain from being enjoyed yeah how many children are enjoyed i forever hear parents complaining about their kids yeah how many kids feel enjoyed not like a burden not like they're bothering their parents mm. again not like oh i did the wrong thing oh my mum's probably going to be so nervous that i failed this test just enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I think kids are clever as well. 
And as kids get older and parents start giving their kids phones, for example, then it becomes, um, you can tell your child, only use your phone this much of the day, these are your limitations, these are what you can see, you know, etc. But until your child's had that, they, they've seen you and your phone habits for the last, whatever, 10 years. And so if you are not going to be the person who's going to demonstrate how to do things properly and the correct approach to the human phone relationship, well then there is very little hope that your child is going to take what the things that you say and go along with it. Yeah. And so even, true. even those type of things, like what, how, you, um, how often you're on your phone, what you do with your phone, if you're sitting at the dinner table, um, what do you do at the dinner table? And again, and I take your point, like not to put pressure on ourselves, but all these things are good for us, but they're good for us anyway. Yeah, they're good for us. Like, get off your phone, sit at the dinner table, be with the family, be more positive. Um, being patient is a positive thing. Like, I don't think we have to, we shouldn't become like totally pressurized and feel negative towards it, but to have a motivation to say, well, you know what? If I haven't managed to um, overcome some of my bad traits until now, well, let my kids be the big like push for me to do it. Because I know that the better I'm going to become, the better my kids will be. I just find it amazing that when you have a teenager, they are going through so much emotionally. There's so many changes that they're going through. And at that point, we suddenly feel like that's the time we need to teach them to be responsible, to clean their rooms, to you know, take responsibility, you know, have a good approach to learning, whatever it is. But that's when it's hard for them. They can't start learning those things then. Mm. Like they need to learn it when they're young, and it's actually easy to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the kids cleaning the room, since I've just mentioned it. So it's hard to clean a room. It's hard. You need a positive approach. You're looking at something messy. You know. You need a goal in mind. You need to not get overwhelmed by what's in front of you. It's not easy for an adult. It's not easy for a child. Um. And so when they're younger, like now, I've, I'm just trying this thing. I don't know if it's going to work very long. This is obviously something I'm still learning at. But I'm trying something, and it's cute because the kids are enjoying it so far. But when I clean, I want to show them not that, oh, I'm going to complain at the end of it. Oh, no, it's so messy. Oh, there's more mess. Oh, complaining. And then how are they going to feel when they see their room? <laughs> but rather, I want it to be exciting. So what I've started doing is I don't care what they're doing. The minute I start cleaning, I count. I count what I'm cleaning. One, two, three, four, five. And then they want to know what number I got up to. Emma, what number are you up to? I just got to 45. <gasps> Whoa. And I keep counting. Firstly, it shows that what you're doing in cleaning is important. It's worthy of counting every little item. It's not like, oh, you get one tick because you cleaned your room. No, you get 20 ticks when you clean a slightly messy room. You get 50 ticks when you clean very messy room. A bit of accomplishment. But it's like from a young age, try and give them that positive approach. Yeah, and Viv the other day, he's so cute. He woke up and he was dressed. He's three years old. He's never dressed himself before. Four. He's three. Oh. You always do that. He's three in November. He'll be four. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> he I dressed like himself. And then he says, I, I said, oh, wow, you got dressed. He said, yes, and I did two things. That's I'm sweet. like, what two things? I took my pyjama shirt and my pyjama pant and put them in the... Sweet. I did two things. But like, I tell you what's amazing to me about that, because I haven't seen that yet, is that they are taking... You've turned their approach from being negative towards cleaning to positive towards cleaning. 
that to me like is amazing. Like I tell them all the time to tidy up, and that's again me telling them to do something. But here, if you, and that's less fantastic parenting perhaps. But we were both doing that for a yeah. while. But if you, but now to say like good parenting, to me this is like a change of paradigm. Is that um, give them a positive approach, be creative, find a positive like way to go about it, and the kids will like doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, it's probably true. If it works with that, it'll work with a lot of things. Yeah. Well, actually. Well, so uh, again, I'm telling a story that you already know, but we need a little bit of background. So one of our kids had a speech problem, and he got a bit of a stutter. Um, he wasn't hearing, and then it took a little while to pick up on his language, and when, it, when you gather a lot of words that, quite quickly, you can gain a stutter. Mm-hmm. So we sent him to stuttering treatment, and they've got this incredible approach here in Australia, which is they take the child and it is the most positive, focused thing. Yeah. Like they even have rules about you're not allowed to say one negative thing unless if you said 10 positive things. Yeah. And then you have to say another 10 positive until the negative. It's so much of learning is emotional. Mm. And the way that I saw him, he's, thank God, he's you know recovered, he's not stuttering. But the way that, I saw how he grew through. He was so proud of himself. Oh, I'm smooth. I'm so, he was so excited. It built his confidence all round it, not just in that area, but in all areas. Suddenly, socially, he had a big educational jump when we worked on him. I felt like, wow, this is something we can learn from. Because all learning, we think, well, what do they need to learn? What do they need to know to learn? Yeah. It's not. It's what approach to learning do they need so that they'll actually get through it? A bit of difficulty oh, learning yeah. letters. Well, let's make it exciting. Let's make it a game. Let me show how excited I am when I read a long, hard word or whatever it is. Okay, so you're saying that leave academics to the school, basically. Yeah. You give them, they need help, uh, yeah. obviously. Help them if okay. they're struggling. But give, give them a positive attitude towards learning. Yeah. Um, I would add, also give them opportunities. If you can, give them opportunity. To, Probably not good parenting doesn't necessarily mean giving them opportunities to play soccer and things like that, because come to think about it, I think that it's deeper than that. I think that's a bonus. And even if I think about some people that I know in Israel, they, their parents didn't have the money to give them all these opportunities. And they are some of the finest individuals I've ever met. And the reason that they are fine is because their families are fine people. Mm. And they were taught how to be modest and how to be humble and how not to live over the top and just to appreciate everything. And like those traits are so much more powerful than being able to be um, good at soccer and cricket and uh, saxophone. Even though those things are good and like we send our kids to do it and we want them to enjoy it. But we have to remember that good parenting is not giving your child every possible opportunity. And I'm saying it not to anyone, I'm saying it to myself, just because for me it's a bit of a revelation. It's important to remember, I think it's natural to feel not good enough when you're doing something that you're really passionate about, because there's always so much more to strive in, there's always so much better. One more thing that I want to say is that good is good enough. Yeah, in school, it's actually crazy. I get a list of every single mark my child gets. They get, I get it sent to my phone. I can see what they did and what they marked, what their mark was and how they placed in the class. 
And like, I've got clever kids, but I can see that there are so many kids that are, this many kids that are getting better. Yeah, our kids are the most clever out of everyone. Of There's never been a child more clever than our children. Of course. Yeah. Just because the educational system that we have in the schools is focused on trying to perfect, trying to perfect, trying to perfect. My job as a parent is not to make my children aim for perfection, but to aim for good. I want them to be good enough that they're proud of themselves and they still have capacity to breathe. They didn't kill themselves doing everything because perfect was the goal. Yeah. Good is good enough. I feel like... I like that. So, Brad, we probably should bring this conversation to a close because we're clearly way too excited talking about children. But um, there's plenty of other opportunities. Mar Mary's still talking, Michali. That's Mary's the whole thing. still talking, yeah. Married and stopping to talk short. We'll continue about this another um, that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been enlightening for me to um, have my wife and talk Lovely to her for to half have an hour. This conversation. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. So um, it's for me. It's, I've learned a lot about it, and would love to hear, obviously, your thoughts. So please stop us in the street. Message. Thanks for thanks for those of you who have written. Yeah. I love hearing other people's thoughts, and it's always nice. Yeah, your the, the people, the comments that you've written, or the emails. Have um, the people have written all the Facebook messages have um, stimulated more discussion between us, yeah. um, and so they're fantastic. The good news is that finally we're on the podcast store or platform, so you don't have to listen through SoundCloud anymore. So if you go onto podcasts through the app, type in Mary's Still Talking, you'll see us, and just subscribe to it. So that way you'll get every time we do one, you'll just get a um, a alert to your phone that. Uh, Bradley, Bradley, too much information. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Just the link. Follow the link to watch. <laughs> They've already watched, listened to the whole thing, so it's too okay. late. Okay. Thank you again, and see you next time. <laughs> Bye. See you. Bye.